Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I have one of my favorite humans on today to tell you about an amazing product that we both love. Well, thank you, honey. This is Milkman Mark Hyman here telling you about the almond cow, which I saw on those Instagram posts, and I thought, we've got to have one of these and see whether it is actually as good as it looks. And it is. It's actually even better because there are things that you can make out of it. Almond milk, oat milk. Cashew milk. Uh, coconut milk. Anything you want, you can make in this. And what's great is you have, there are fewer preservatives, less sugar, and then what you get left over at the end is this pulp that you can make into, can make cookies or muffins, so nothing goes to waste. And it's there any time, so if you run out of milk, you don't have to run to the store. It is so amazing. We love it, love it, love it. So if you want to get your own, check out the link and use code Lara for extra savings. Approved by the Milkman. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer with joy and curiosity. I'm joined as always by my fellow lit teacher, physical therapist, and amazing friend, Kristen Williams. Hey, everybody. Hey, Laura. So glad to be here. My favorite time, as always. All right, we're going to dive right in. And I think we're kind of going to do a little foot episode here um, because we've had a lot of questions about feet. I don't know if it's because it's fall here and in the at least in the U.S., and um, people are getting out there running more, what's going on. But our first question came in from Danielle Winter, who is one of our fellow ladies. She says, "Um, I have this new thing happening since being pregnant. Not sure if one has to do with the other. When I flex my right foot, I feel a painful, almost pinprick sensation in my right heel. This happens when I step forward into a low lunge, and when I do standing L with my right foot forward. Any thoughts on what could be causing this and suggestions on how to heal my heel? Thanks so much, Danielle. All right, do you want to dive into that one? So this is heel pain. Well, if you are feeling a very targeted area like that, it could be a couple things. You have these cushioning type of bursa in, in the feet as well as in other areas. Um, and bursa are sacs of fluid that are meant to help 
movement of the joints feel more fluid. And they aren't a problem until something is injured or irritated, and then they get a little swollen. And if it's very targeted like that, and there are some some of those in the foot themselves, so it could be that. It could be like you have just irritated the bursa underneath. It could be the around the bone. Um, it could be in the plantar fascia. So the plantar fascia is covering the entire foot. And if it if there's any misalignments when you're stepping and loading weight, um, the type of shoes you wear, a lot of things influence the plantar fascia and their the pliability there. So it's a thick connective tissue really meant to exchange the energy from the ground into the foot up through the body. And so when you have like a, something like that, it's kind of like a speed bump of, in, of, of energy. And so it is important to investigate like what is it that you're doing so I always ask people well what else are you doing in your life because you're just feeling it when you're barefoot you're feeling it when you're loading um, like you were saying with especially with one foot down but I would like to your point Kristen have you started wearing shoes that have like an extra bit of heel because that lifts your heel but kind of loads your forefoot. Some people can feel it in the forefoot. Some people will feel it more in the heel because it's not balanced. It's not that suspension type bridge that we want for our foot. Our foot, there's more bones in there than anywhere else in, in our body. And there's those bones need to have both some ability to mobilize and articulate, but also to have a sense of tension and rigidity to stabilize the foot so that it can move. But you don't want the foot to be rigid in the sense that it's kind of locked into a position, which what is what happens with the shoe. If you started running or running more um, and you didn't even change your footwear, but you upped your mileage or you changed the surface of, the, of what you were running on, all of these are contributing factors. Or have you started sitting more and not really getting up and mobilizing the plantar fascia, and it gets a little sticky just from being still. So I would really want to know all of those questions, but clearly there's something in there that's being irritated, and you do want to, to work on it. You can put your foot on some kind of surface. You can put it on um, like a tennis ball, or you could put it on, sometimes they have these little spiky mats that can just help the in a way, breaking down that uh, like gluey, sticky, cement-like uh, inflammatory fluid that might be present, whether it's in the bursa or in the plantar fascia itself. Any anything else that you would add on? Well, I think it's interesting. You know, she does say she's pregnant. We don't know how pregnant she is, um, but one of our close friends who just had a pregnancy was struggling with something very similar, um, and you know, we want to think about the tilt of her pelvis too. Oh, and we do know that, like you said, talking about things could be really loose or things could be stiff. Well, we know with the pregnancy, we are have those hormones that are going to make things looser in general. So especially knowing that Danielle's a yogi. So, you know, maybe she's already on the looser side of, of life, if you will. <laughs> um, you know, that can play a role, but really, you know, let's talk about that, you know, that posterior chain that tension that if, if you're starting, if you're into that second trimester, third ish trimester where the belly is getting bigger, 
you know, you're going to maybe get a little more tilt of your pelvis, which can pull up from below, especially she's talking about like in a standing L where she, we know she's going to have more tension along that sciatic nerve, you know, coming down where it bifurcates, but it's also going to give tension along the posterior chain, stepping forward, same thing. You know, if she's a little more tilted anteriorly, that could increase that pull at the heel because it's all connected. We talk about this a lot. Laura has given such great options of what to do because she said, how can I heal my heel? You know, trying to get pressure off of it, but also let's look to bring it up the chain like we love to do, you know, and, and like you said, what else is going on? You got to wonder, you know, what else? And, and we, and we don't know, but being pregnant, has she changed her exercise regimen? You know, is she trying to get out and walk more now? Um, because she can't do other things. Um, it, it's an interesting thing that pregnancy can play a role in our body in the craziest of ways, the most unexplicable you know, that we just can't rationalize any other way to be like, well, you're pregnant. So and there's more, um, you know, there's more downward pressure on the pelvic floor and those muscles and their attachments via um, fascia all connect down to your foot. So you could also be like, well, there's more pressure there. Is it also going down into the foot? And the foot is trying to create more stability because of some of that those fascial connections, it, it, it does, you know, like you said, the ligaments, um, possibly being more lax, the, the weight of the uterus and all, all the contents of the baby pulling you more anteriorly. So the posterior chain is put more on tension and more stress there. And yeah, the sciatic nerve is, is a big component as well. So like I would try and do things that relieve any of the feelings of pressure in your low back or pressure down into the feet. And, um, massage the foot, really massage the heel. Uh, even if it feels tender, go to the kind of place where it's, it may be intense, but not sharp pain at all. And, and just try and mobilize some of the, the stuff there that feels rigid and tough. Yeah. I know that certainly helped our friends. So, um, you know, just really getting into that, that, the stretching and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, almost feeling like you're posteriorly tilting, to try to get back to neutral, that that did help as well. So good luck yeah. with that, Danielle. Keep us posted. All right, I think you've got another foot one, don't you, Laura? Yeah, this one is from Alicia. She has a question about bone spurs. She says, can you speak about why bone spurs happen? And is there anything one can do to get rid of them besides surgery? So you want to start with yeah. that one? Yeah, bone spurs are, are interesting. You know, there's I always found this fascinating. You know, we learned in PT school about something called Wolf's Law, you know, where basically your body is going to respond to a, a, a force pulled put upon it, usually by pulling, by laying down extra tissue. And that's that's usually what's happening. You know, we get bone spurs in areas where there's tension. So we get them at the base of the heel, like you talked about in the last question, Laura, the plantar fascia coming up and attaching right at the base of the heel. If there's extra tension on that plantar fascia, we're going to get a bone spur. The body, just imagine it. It's like laying down as many little hands and fingers as it can to hold on for dear life by way of calcium deposit. We see this at the heel. People get that, what they call pump bump, where they get this bony protrusion at the backside of the heel from where the Achilles tendon comes down. When we see a bone spur, 
it's our body's way of telling us there's either, you know, too much rubbing or too much pulling. Cause we'll see these in the shoulders as well. A lot of bone spurring. Um, we see it in the hip as we start to get arthritic bone spurs will occur. There's too much tension or pull. So the body is trying to protect itself by lying down, laying down extra bony connective tissue. So the first thing that we want to do with in, you know, in most instances is, you know, look to see how can we get that pull off. Let's say it's a, it's a heel, you know, spur, I mean, at the backside of the heel, you know, you got to look, are the calves overworking? You know, why is the calf pulling, pulling? Is it, is it tight or is it overworking because the glutes aren't doing the job? Um, those are, are you overstriding, you know, things, why is that always getting pulled? The same thing with the plantar fascia from below, you know, why is that maybe that foot collapsing is something not happening up the chain that's allowing that, that foot to that, that femur to internally rotate clear down to the foot. So it's getting constantly put on tension. Um, is it just that the tissues are tight because you aren't doing much? You aren't walking barefoot. You're constantly in a shoe. So you don't have the pliability anymore. Can you restore pliability to soft tissue? Kind of like we talked with the last person by doing connective tissue. Connective tissue release, you know, soft tissue release on yourself. Um, and I mean, doing it regularly is a game changer. You know, my, my dad came to me years ago. He is so type A, it's hilarious. You know, he comes to me with his injuries and he'll be like, KB, my heel, my doctor says I'm getting a heel spur. I'm getting, blah, blah, blah. what should I do? And so I gave him, I gave him calf stretch, soleus stretch, and like one other thing. Oh, like heel raises. That man has done it every single morning for the last three years straight. And guess what? He doesn't have any heel pain mm. because he literally, like he gets out of bed and he goes and he comes up against the wall. He does his, his, his foot stuff. And then I gave him shoulder stuff because he was starting to develop a frozen shoulder. He's and he, every time I'm home, he's like, KB, I'm doing my exercises, you know, but that's the type of person that we love as physical therapists because they practice what we've preached to them to do. And we know movement is medicine. Uh, this is a classic example and bone spurs are, are a great, you can treat them very well with movement and avoiding surgery because the body's also good at once you stop putting all that pressure on it, it can calm down too and absorb those bone spurs. We will see them go away. Laura, what else do you have to add? Yeah, I think that's a really important part. We think of bone as like really rigid, maybe even brittle, um, but actually living bone is quite spongy and can be reabsorbed if it's come in like spackle or something to add the extra material because there's been stress to that, that Wolf's Law that you were talking about earlier. I think everything you said, I think anytime anybody comes in with something like this, it's so important as a movement specialist to look at the why this happened because we we didn't start with the bone spurs, they developed. So why did they develop? So we have to look, like you said, up the chain. I mean, nine times out of 10, I'd say that from the people that I've worked with, it's always at the hip. The hip isn't moving well enough or it isn't stabilizing well enough or both. And then the brunt of it is taken at the foot. And there's just pro propelling ourselves through space, moving ourselves, squatting, hiking, walking up a hill, going up the stairs, all of those things we need the entire posterior chain really contributing. And if you just kind of rely on the push off 
of just your foot and don't get the rest of it involved, it does create, because you're trying to move a load, which is your body through space, and that strain, it's the stress curve is too much, and that's where the bone spurs are, are summoned. So it's twofold. You want to try and get rid of them, and doing like myofascial stuff is really, really amazing. Uh, it'll, first of all, make it feel better, and then also working on the mechanics and the strengthening of the areas that probably contributed to it in the first place. Yeah, Absolutely. So it's not it's not a you know like a final sentence at all, um, mm -hmm. and I always am very conservative at recommending surgery. Um, you really want to try all the other alternatives because even if you have surgery and it turns out great, you're still left with the problem was there. And I've seen that happen. We've seen it in the shoulder. I've seen it in the Achilles. You know the part of the heel that you were talking about where the Achilles comes down and it attaches to the calcaneus. People get them removed and then they come back because why? They haven't fixed the actual problem that led to that. So avoid surgery and try and um, really work on the mechanics and the strengthening and see what happens. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Yes. All right. So we've got one more um, foot question that was sent in via support at lityoga.com from Ladina Ann. I'm going to try and pronounce this Grober House. I know I probably didn't do that well, but um, she says, hi, Laura. Hi, Kristen. My name is Ladina and I have a question again. So we must've heard from Ladina before for the Q and A. I've had, I have problems with my feet since a few weeks. It started with pain in the left heel. Then I redeveloped bunions on the outside of the foot joint of the little toe. I had these last winter, probably because of my shoes. I did a lot of foot exercises, toe cars, uh, arch strengthening, etc., and I'm wearing a toe spacer almost every night. Throughout the summer, I was almost always barefoot and had no problems at all, even when hiking for hours and hours in rigid hiking shoes. The bunions and the pain came when I first had to wear shoes again because of the weather. I wore shoes of my flatmate because she has bigger feet and it felt better to have more space. I just wore them for like 10 to 20 minutes a few days a week when going to the grocery store or something like that. I work from home, so I'm barefoot all the time. After a few days, I had this weird heel pain and the joint of my little toe started to hurt as well as become red and swollen. I immediately stopped wearing my flatmate shoes and bought my first pair of Vivo barefoot shoes. Now I've been working on my hip mobility and glutes, hips, pelvis function a lot lately. Maybe this has something to do with that. It feels like it came out of nowhere, but I listened to enough of your podcast to know that nothing really comes out of nowhere. I have no idea what to do and or to what kind of physician I could go as my experiences with orthopedists aren't very encouraging to do that again. I would love to hear your opinions and I'm thankful as always for every tip and idea. Thanks a lot in advance, Ladina. Well, Ladina, I yeah, I love all that information. And so a couple things, um, it's always, we're going to always preface this by saying it would be easier to see you and see you move to really, this is, this is for anybody that writes in that, but so we're just, um, taking this information and assimilating it based on our experience and working with people and then what we can conjure up. So when you gave me that information, a couple things stood out to me. One is you said you wear toe spacers at night, um, I'm wondering if that means you don't wear them other times. What I found people do, they hear about toe spacers and then they're like, hey, Laura, I've been wearing my toe spacers while I'm watching TV on the couch. You need to wear them when you're weight bearing because that is where the 
mechanics of the foot are going to really come into play. So that's my first thought is that I toe spacers are great. Please continue to wear them, but you need to wear them when you're weight bearing, not just at night. Um, it'll have like wearing them at night is not going to necessarily have a huge impact. It might just keep the fascia a little bit spread, but really impactful to do it in weight bearing. The second thing you're wearing your flatmates shoes who is bigger, the shoes are bigger. Well, when your foot kind of knows that it, there's something that's sliding around in, we tend to kind of grip a little bit because if a shoe's bigger and it's moving and our foot is moving within it, to stabilize, we'll, we'll grip. So I'm wondering if you might have been gripping with your pinky and all the rest of the toes inside of a bigger shoe, okay? So this is if you were running, walking, going up and down stairs, you, would, you're, you don't even realize you're doing it, but subconsciously you're going to be gripping a little bit because you don't want that shoe sliding around. So that could be something, yes, it's bigger and it's giving you space, but it might be also bigger and giving you too much space so that you're counter action is to try and stabilize and grip. And that's going to pull everything in a little bit more into adduction. Um, adduction means closer in versus keeping that natural spread. So it's like a claw foot kind of. So I would say if it did come out of nowhere, seemingly based on something new that you were doing, that would, that's like my antenna went up there. Um, but all the other stuff, it sounds like you're doing correctly, which is working on your hip, working on that posterior chain, working on the neutral pelvis. And the bunionette, which is that one on the outside of the, the fifth med head, um, that could be that your, your arch is not as strong as it needs to be. So you were saying last year you were doing the towel grips. I would go back to doing that because if you're Arch is not, there's three arches, but they create the one kind of arch that we speak of. If that arch isn't both supple and stable, it can either go into your first big toe or your pinky toe. Those, you kind of fall over to that. So I would also see, like, are you falling into that lateral hip that makes you go into that? Is it your arch? Maybe it's your arch and maybe it's your hip combined. Um, I would look at you when you're walking or doing a squat and does your knee tend to drop in because that's going to perhaps load your inner foot or your outer foot when you're not squatting. Like you stand up, you might stand up and kind of roll into the outside because you're not getting that inherent stability of the, the, the hip joint when you're in motion. So all the things you're doing, I would go back to doing like you did last winter. The Vivo Barefoot are great. They really, it's almost like a ballet shoe in a way without the squishing. It gives you the, it has the wide toe box, but it's going to give you the stability that you probably didn't have in your flatmate's shoes. And and then just give it some time and keep mobilizing, keep mobilizing um, with your toe spacers on and work up the chain. First of all, I'm obsessed with the fact that you pointed out right away about the toe spacers you know, like the importance of them in weight bearing, you yes. know, because it's, it, you know, it's not just the space between the toes. It's the functionality of the foot on the ground. Um, you know, and I do think it's interesting that she points out how, you know, she was doing so much, even though she was in a really supportive, um, you know, hiking boot, when we're hiking, our feet are super active inside that boot. We wear those boots, I think, almost more for the ankle stability because there's so much, you know, more tendency to roll. But, you know, the foot is working. So she was doing with how active she was 
a lot of kind of innate footwork while while weight bearing in a very supportive shoe that, that fit her well. And then yes, now she's not doing as much because of the weather. Um, you know, the flatmate shoes, I, I love that you put in. I like a bigger shoe at times, like when I'm running, when I know my feet are gonna swell. Um, and I'm talking like a half inch, not a half inch, a, a half size up. Um, but other than that, you know, getting something that fits comfortably because you gotta think of that arch support, like that, that where that is depends on the, the size of the shoe and that there is a plan to the way they make shoes. Um, I love to hear that she's barefoot most of the time. I mean, I am too. Uh, it's so funny when I, I just last weekend had to do something where I dressed up and I had to put on heels and I was like, oh my gosh, because I never awful. wear them. I know, it's I know. awful. It but does. like barefoot, yay. So, you know, let's maybe try, try a toe spacer that um, you can, that you can wear more actively. I know we have correct toes on our, on our um, site, which we really love, but they aren't as conducive to be able to wear while you're moving because they're so solid. They last forever, but they, they tend to not be as forgiving. Um, what is the, is it Naboso? Uh, the Naboso has the splay. So yeah. when, if people, and actually I just wrote to a private client this morning who was like, what are the toe spacers you think? And I told her, I said, the correct toes you want to wear when you're just kind of puttering around the house where you're weight bearing because they're super solid. But if you're going to get into movement, if you're going to get your foot in a shoe, you, the splay are really good by Noboso. Um, brilliantly made. They are so easy to wear because they attach around. So they're not going to slide around like the correct toes would when you start moving a lot. My brother wears correct toes in shoes. I still don't understand how he does it. Uh, but most people can't very well because they tend to kind of glide a little bit. But if you're just like when I'm just cooking in the kitchen or puttering around and not like major movement, I wear my correct toes because they're very solid. And, you know, once you get used to wearing them, you don't have to wear them that much, you know, like 15 minutes a day while you're cooking and then start wearing those displays when you're putting it in a shoe because it just keeps them spread inside the shoe, which is really important uh, for, for some of the stuff that you're talking about doing. Yeah. And it sounds like you've got the nice wide toe box with your Vivo. So you'll be able to fit those in there, but um, yeah, you know, best of luck with that. Uh, it sounds like we've given you a lot of good, good options. One other to thing I'll tell you, especially since it's getting winter is buying these socks that are, have the separation of the toes are, is amazing. So I have them for the winter months when I tend to get a little lazier and you know, if it gets colder, I have socks on a lot of the time and kind of forget even socks can form your foot. So I have some of those, uh, you know, funny looking little, they're like mittens for your, for your, um, for your gloves, feet. Gloves. Yeah. Gloves, gloves for your feet, not mittens, gloves for your feet. So they're so good because they keep you warm, but they also keep those toes separated. Oh, so, that's a great idea. Yeah. Write us back and let us know how, uh, these recommendations land for you. And anyone else, write with questions. We were loaded with feet questions today, but you know we talk about anything and everything. So you can write about movement, about the body, about your energy, um, any tips of motivation, et cetera. We will speak our minds, and you can decide if you want to take that information or not. But write us at support at lityoga.com, or you can reach us on Instagram. You can find me at kbwilliams99 or Laura at laura.hyman. 
send us a DM. We will, I just, we screenshot those and hold on to them. So it might take us a while to get, to get to you, but you know, we, we don't let them go. We have our little folder. So we will get to your question. And if we see one that's just like yours, just, you might listen for that as well. So keep writing us. You can also um, subscribe, which would be great and rate and review us. We would appreciate that as well. We did. We're on our 601 podcast that we love talking clearly, and we want to continue to do that. We love your support. And so share it with friends. And as always, we're pulling for you. Pulling for you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.